Jesus and his disciples went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and they began to pluck the heads of grain and eat them. The Pharisees said they were breaking the Sabbath by doing so. Were they? When we understand the text. This is when we understand the text, studying God's Word to reach all the riches of full assurance in Christ. Find all our videos online at www.utt.com, as well as links to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Here's your teacher, Pastor Gabe Hughes. Thank you, Becky. In our study of the Gospel of Matthew, we're jumping into chapter 12 today. A little bit longer chapter, but we're just looking at verses 1 through 8. Seemingly a straightforward section, However, Jesus says some things here that have been the subject of much debate. I'm sure you're surprised by that. (laughs) I'll be reading here from the Legacy Standard Bible, Matthew 12, verses 1 through 8. Hear the word of the Lord. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples became hungry and began to pick the heads of grain and eat. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples do what is not lawful to do on a Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he became hungry, he and his companions? How he entered the house of God, and they ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those with him, but for the priests alone? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and are innocent? But I say to you that something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this means, I desire compassion and not a sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So we see here a particular problem arises that the Pharisees accuse Jesus and his disciples of breaking the Sabbath. Jesus responds to them with three Old Testament references. You have the reference to David and his companions. You have a reference to how the priests would break the Sabbath in the temple, and yet they're innocent. And then you have a reference to Hosea 6.6, I desire compassion and not a sacrifice. Now, keep in mind the context of this particular story. This comes right after Jesus had just said in uh, Matthew chapter 11, at the close of chapter 11, he said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus talking about rest here. We rest in Christ. And here we have this account from Matthew about Jesus being Lord of the Sabbath. He is our Sabbath rest. And that's the connection between what we had at the end of chapter 11 and then going into this account at the start of chapter 12. When we come back to chapter 12 next week, Jesus heals a man on the Sabbath. That's the next story, the next account. But for now, we have this exchange between Jesus and the Pharisees concerning he and his disciples eating as they're walking through the grain fields. So at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. So this was on a Saturday. It's a day of rest. It's a day when they should not be working. Now, Jesus and his disciples are not. They're not working. But in the last few hundred years, 
the Pharisees, as the rabbinical priesthood came to prominence, they have added to the law or they put a hedge around the law is the term that we sometimes use. So they're adding laws to laws. That way you don't break the laws that are around the laws. Therefore, you won't break the laws that those other laws are protecting. Does that make sense? <laughs> so you put it, it's called putting a hedge around the law. The most prominent example of this is in the Garden of Eden, the very first command that is given. You may eat of any tree that is in the garden, but you must not eat of the tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. When the serpent tempts Eve and says, did God say you must not eat of any tree that is in the garden? Eve responds by saying he didn't he didn't say we couldn't eat from any tree. He said we must not eat from that one nor can we touch it or we will die. She puts a hedge about the law. God didn't say anything about not touching the tree. He just said, don't eat from it. So you're putting laws around laws to try to protect you from the main law that's being given, but it doesn't make you more holy. It just adds burdens. It becomes more burdensome. So we go from Jesus saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, to now this example of the Pharisees in the way that they would strap heavy burdens on people. They would add to the law. So here, Jesus and his disciples, they're not working. They're just walking through the grain fields. And by the way, these would have been most likely public grain fields in the sense that these were fields that were owned by multiple people, perhaps several families. And, uh, and it was uh, the grain would have been collected for the community, for community consumption. So Jesus and his disciples walking through the grain fields and plucking the heads of grain off were not robbing anybody of anything. There probably were many others that did the same walking through these grain fields. So they're plucking the heads of grain and they began to eat. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said, look, your disciples do what is not lawful to do on a Sabbath. Now, it would have been enough for Jesus to say to them, well, point to me in that uh, point to me in the law where it says that. Where in the law does it say that we can't pluck a head of grain and eat it? But instead, he gives them these three examples from Scripture to show them something greater, to do more than just, well, point to me in the law where I'm breaking the law. He wants to show them that they should be having mercy and compassion on others, which the Pharisees don't do. So in verse 3, Jesus said to them, have you not read what David did? When he became hungry, he and his companions, how he entered the house of God and they ate the consecrated bread, that is the show bread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those with him, but for the priests alone. Now, let me come to that story Jesus is referencing here. This is in 1 Samuel 21, and this is right after Jonathan, Saul's son, has warned David that Saul wants to kill him. And so Jonathan is sending David on his way, telling him to flee. And so here we have David running away for his life from Saul. In 1 Samuel 21, it begins, When David came to Nob to Ahimelech the priest, and Ahimelech came trembling to meet David and said to him, Why are you alone and no one is with you? And David said to Ahimelech the priest, The king has commanded me with a matter and has said to me, Let no one know anything about the matter on which I am sending you and with which I have commanded you, and I have directed the young men to a certain place. So now... 
What do you have on hand? Give five loaves of bread into my hand or whatever can be found. And the priest answered David and said, There is no ordinary bread on hand, but there is consecrated bread. If only the young men have kept themselves from women. And David answered the priest and said to him, Surely women have been kept from us as previously when I set out and the vessels of the young men were holy, though it was an ordinary journey. How much more than today will their vessels be holy? So the priest gave him consecrated bread, for there was no bread there but the bread of the presence, which was removed from before Yahweh in order to put hot bread in its place when it was taken away. Now one of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before Yahweh, and his name was Doeg the Edomite, the chief of Saul's shepherds. And David said to Ahimelech, Now is there not a spear or a sword on hand? For I brought neither my sword nor my weapons in my hand, because the king's matter was urgent. Then the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you struck down in the valley of Elah, behold, it is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you would take it for yourself, take it, for there is no other accepted here. And David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. So that's the conclusion of that narrative in 1 Samuel 21. Now, there's a couple of things that are controversial about this particular story. First, it appears as if David is alone, that he has nobody with him. And yet Jesus says in Matthew 12, 3 and 4, have you not read what David did when he became hungry? He and his companions. Well, what companions? He doesn't have any men with him. It's reasonable for us to conclude that there were men with David. They were not physically with him when he went to the tabernacle to talk to Ahimelech. They were exactly as David said. They were sent to another place and he was going to be meeting up with them. Now, they would have been few in number because, again, David is fleeing from Saul. He doesn't have his army with him. That doesn't come until later. So this is just a few men, a few companions who are with him. And therefore, the few loaves of showbread would have fed them all. Of course, David is being dishonest here. He is not actually doing something for the king. He is running away from the king. But if he had been telling Ahimelech that, uh, that the king seeks to kill me, would Ahimelech have betrayed David and told Saul that, uh, that David was there? So David says that he's on an urgent matter for the king. Now, Jesus doesn't say anything about David's character here with regards to that. That's not the purpose of why he brings that up with the Pharisees. He just simply says that David entered the house of God and they ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those with him, but for the priests alone. Only the priests could eat the consecrated bread. And it was after the, the new bread would be taken in and placed before Yahweh and the old bread, when it's removed, it would be consumed by the priests. Only the priests could eat it. But here the bread is being given to David, and he's not being struck down. He's not dying. It doesn't make him ill. He's not cursed in any way. It was not lawful for anyone but the priest to eat it, but here David is eating it. So what's the point? Well, I'll get to that here in just a moment. But there's, the, there's Jesus' first account, his first Old Testament reference, and he's not mistaken about the story, as we read it in 1 Samuel 21, David indeed would have had a few men with him. So then in verse 5, Jesus makes his next Old Testament reference. He says, Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple 
break the Sabbath and are innocent. Now, likely here, Jesus is being hyperbolic because the the priests in the temple did not break the Sabbath. They were doing what they were commanded to do on the Sabbath. The point that Jesus is making here is they were working even in the temple on the Sabbath. So are you going to say of them that they were doing something unlawful because they were working, they were fulfilling the responsibilities that God had for the priests on that day? There were still sacrifices that were being done in the temple on the Sabbath. So that's the reference that Jesus is making there. So have you not read that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and are innocent? It would have been like uh, the equivalent of Jesus using air quotes. They they break the Sabbath <laughs> the way that the Pharisees are accusing Jesus and his disciples of breaking the Sabbath. Those priests that were in the temple sacrificing were doing even more than what David or, or, or what Jesus and his disciples were doing. Son of David. Who is Jesus? Anyway, continuing on, verse 6. But I say to you, Jesus says, that something greater than the temple is here. And of course, that's in reference to himself. The temple was where God dwelled, the temple was where God was with his people. But now it is in Christ. God is dwelling with us or tabernacling with us. And everyone who draws near to Christ draws near to God. Something greater than the temple. Jesus will make reference to himself being a temple a little bit later on, where he talks about how he'll tear down this temple and rebuild it in three days. And that was in reference to his death and his resurrection. So then in verse 7, here's our third Old Testament reference. He says to the Pharisees, but if you had known what this means, I desire compassion and not a sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. Who are the innocent? That's Jesus and his disciples. In referencing this particular passage, what Jesus is saying is that it is better to alleviate human suffering. It is more important that the hungry are fed than it is following the letter of the law. If somebody is hungry, give them the showbread of the presence. And David was on a difficult journey, all right? He was not... uh, he, he was not just a few miles from home and kind of got hungry and wanted a snack. He was fleeing from Saul, no idea where he was going to end up that somebody wouldn't know him and therefore try to turn him over to Saul or, or you know, one of his own messengers would have heard what it was that David was doing and, and therefore would have reported back to Saul. We know that Doeg the Edomite would report back to Saul exactly what had happened there between David and Ahimelech in the tabernacle. So yeah, Saul had his messengers, his spies everywhere. David didn't know where he could stop and get food. So this bread was literally helping him survive, him and the men who were with him. So I desire compassion and not a sacrifice. It is better for you to help those who are in need than that you keep every letter of the law. So yes, David, it could be said that he broke the law, but those in need received mercy. He, he broke the law even for his own companions. So Jesus, it appears here, the way that he talks about David eating the showbread, he was innocent in the matter, for it was to feed not just himself, but his companions who were with him. Now, with regards to whether or not he was dishonest with Ahimelech, that's a totally different matter, but that is not what Jesus has in view here. 
Tying this in with Hosea 6.6, I desire compassion and not a sacrifice. It is better to take care of one another. And remember that the sum of the law and the prophets is to love God and love others. As Jesus will say later on in Matthew 22, on these two commandments hinge all the law and the prophets. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So as David is feeding his men, as Ahimelech is feeding David, they are keeping the obligations of the law. They're honoring God, and they're even loving one another. But Jesus is, I mean, he's confronting these hypocritical nitpickers here. These guys are accusing Jesus and his disciples of doing what what would have been significantly less than what David did, and yet the Jews held David in high regard. They believed that a Messiah was coming who would be born in the line of David and sit on David's throne. So the Jews didn't think that David was doing anything wrong in that particular narrative, yet what David did was even greater. It was it was a deliberate going against what the law says because the law said only the priests could eat the showbread. There's no law that says Jesus and his disciples can't pluck the heads of grain and eat them. In fact, there is a law in uh, Deuteronomy 23:25. It says if you go into your neighbor's standing grain, you may pluck the ears with your hand, but you shall not put a sickle to your neighbor's standing grain. So there you go. In the law, it even permits that Jesus and his disciples could have been walking through the grain fields and plucking the heads off the grain. Of course, this is this is on the Sabbath in particular, and that's what the Pharisees are trying to get him on. But again, Jesus says, I desire compassion and not a sacrifice. So if you were truly keeping the law, if you truly understood the purpose of the law, if you were not adding to the law and putting a hedge around the law, then you would have known that what we were doing was perfectly fine. The Pharisees would not have condemned David, who actually broke the law, but they were willing to condemn Jesus and his disciples for doing something that was perfectly fine. The Pharisees had a higher opinion of David than they had of the son of David who is Jesus Christ. And so Jesus points out to them in verse 8, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. You hold David in high regard, but here one who is greater than David is standing before you. He's even greater than the Sabbath. Jesus is in a sense standing before them saying, I'm the one who wrote those Sabbath laws. And you're going to tell me I'm the one who has broken them? But once again, we come to understand, just as we read yesterday in Matthew 11, that Christ is our Sabbath rest. In Jesus, we can rest from our works. We have rest with God, peace with God, because our sins have been forgiven. We have fellowship with God. So he is our rest. It is not by our works. It's not by ceremonial keeping that we are going to enter into the kingdom of God, but only through Christ, by resting in in Christ, who is Lord of the Sabbath. In Colossians chapter 2, it says in verse 16, Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So even the laws pertaining to the Sabbath were pointing to someone greater who was to come, 
the Lord of the Sabbath. All of these things belong to Christ. And so in Christ, we have our Sabbath rest. Let us finish with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the forgiveness that you have shown us in Christ our Lord, and may we learn to rest in him, not trying to work our way to perfection, to salvation, not trying to impose our rules on other people or making up our own rules to make ourselves look more righteous, but we rest in Christ. We turn from our sin. We love Jesus who died on the cross for us, who rose again from the dead so that all who believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. He who rules over all of creation, who is even Lord of the Sabbath, is our Sabbath rest. So teach us to rest in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to When We Understand the Text with Pastor Gabe Hughes. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Gabe will be going through a New Testament study. Then on Thursday, we look at an Old Testament book. On Friday, we take questions from the listeners and viewers. Tomorrow, we'll pick up on an Old Testament study when we understand the text.